Cool. So uh, this is the first episode of the Black and Blue podcast. Black I know, that and blue. An applause, right? They were actually you're black here. and I'm blue. I want people to screw that <laughs> up. Right, cool. right now. Actually, really quick before we even jump into it, because I have heard that the things that people say where they're like, um, when people say things like Black Lives Matter or whatever, and then and then uh, for officers to say um, that they are blue, right? And so yeah. I've heard people say. Um, but blue is not a life, right? So before we even jump into what this episode Dang, you're going is about, deep, man. Let's just this go, is episode Whoa. one. That's right. <laughs> let's just go straight into that really quick so we can clarify that because people will say blue is not a life, right? Okay. So I want to hear your take on like blue. What does that mean to you? Blue is the color of law enforcement, just like red's the cover color of firefighters and uh I mean, I just think it's an association, you know. I mean, Detroit Lions is Honolulu blue, yeah, yeah, you know, and so it's just a representation. I don't, I don't even know where actually the blue comes from, you know, as far as how it is assigned to police, but it's always been blue, yeah. blue lights, perhaps. That's probably why. Well, I thought it's part of the uniforms too, right? Well, I wore a black blue. uniform, really, yeah, okay. and I used to wear a brown uniform. Horrible. <laughs> Can you imagine a dark brown <laughs> yeah, top with I, light brown okay. tan pants? <laughs> so like what? My I would school, never do that. My middle school uniform. Uh, uh, was a was a, like brown khakis yes. and a yellow shirt. Horrible. And I was like, kind of hostess, uh, yeah. dessert type of, it was awful. Yeah. So, Dang, we um, didn't get past the interview or the introduction. Yeah, no, that's we're going to go back to the introduction. Yes. But I just want, because that's in our name, right? Black yeah. and blue. And so people will say, well, he's not a Smurf, right? So then what is... I guess blue, blue represents law enforcement. Yes. So you can answer questions that I can't. Yep. And I can answer questions you can't. And together... We're bridging the black and blue. Absolutely. So because yeah. there is a gap, and, yeah. and, and we're closing yeah. that. Okay, cool. So I look at it. Remember we talked about it, where east meets west, yes. black meets white, and everything's on the table. Yes. There you Got go. It. So that's the slogan, by the way, for people who are wondering where that comes from. Right. Because I'm from the West Coast. You're in the East, yeah. um, black and white. Like these are all things that have divided the nation, right? And so now we're bringing it all, and then with everything being on the table, we're going to talk about whatever that's right yeah and so. dignify respectful equal but we're going to talk about things that you wouldn't normally talk about to someone yeah. else because i guarantee there's questions that people out there are going like man i wish they would ask this and yeah. that's why we're here in the hood we like to call it keeping it real we're just gonna it keep real. it real or is it like whatever is out there we're gonna talk about it and just keep it real so well this is this is a friend of mine that we met uh kind of by chance yes and within an hour we were just like boom we got to do something big, which yes. is which is how we're here. Where we are now. Yeah. And I think we should dive into that. So first, because this is the first episode, um, I think it's important for people to know who we are, right? Yeah. Because there's going to be fans of yours who have no clue who I am, right. just rocking the free hug shirt. And then likewise, vice versa. So I think people need to know our backstory. Right on. So I'd love for you to jump into it first. My name is Chris Swanson, Christopher R. Swanson, Sheriff, Genesee County, Flint, Michigan. Yep. It's in uh, it's kind of like the middle part of Michigan, above Detroit. I call it like Detroit's little brother. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of friends in Detroit. All my family are born and raised in Detroit. I was born in Ohio. I think I was, I think I was mixed up at birth or something because I don't look like my folks. <laughs> Probably own like a bunch of Chick Fil A's. I don't even know it yet. <laughs> but uh, I moved up here and uh, went to school. 
wanted to be a cop. That's all it. My dad was Detroit police, yep. and his dad was Detroit police, so it was kind of like third generation. Yeah. Ooh, and by the way, yeah. last night I just watched the Detroit movie. Have you watched that? I have not. No? About Detroit riots? Yes. I'm embarrassed to say no. You just called me out. And my dad was in the riots. You have to watch that movie. It's intense, though. It's like some heavy stuff. Yeah. Heart beating like it's, yeah. Yeah. You should. I don't know why. You know why? I'm going to tell you. Because I rarely watch police shows. Got it. Yeah. Like somebody, do you you watch uh, Blue Bloods? No. Yeah. No, I don't watch Blue Bloods. I don't watch Orange. I don't watch. uh, Do you watch Cops? No. 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 (laughs) Not even on anymore. But even when it did, I'm like, I did when I was like young in my career, but now I'm like, I live it every day. Yeah. no, I so want to watch. watch it. Yeah. No, I like things like uh, it, it sounds crazy, but I love watching documentaries like never before. Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, side okay. note. Cool. Well, at some point, I would like to hear your take on that on that film. I will watch it. We'll do a movie review. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because my dad grew up telling me those stories about the Algiers Motel. Yes. And, yes. And that's... what was it all about? And how did the riot start? And ironically, we talk about third generation. My grandfather Walter yeah. was in the DPD 1943 riots. Wow. My dad. Robert was in the 1967-68 riots, yeah. and then here I am, third generation. History keeps repeating. Isn't that crazy? Itself. Yeah, yeah. That's but none wild. of my none of my kids want to be in law enforcement. So it stops with you. It does so the far. Riot. So far, <laughs> all right, cool. But also, hopefully, these reoccurring riots should stop with Heck you. Heck yeah! Well, right? Oh, like, because of this? Not totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've that's even said when we met each other, we're going to do our part to make our mark. Absolutely. So yeah. anyhow, I get out of high school. I was a terrible high school student, and uh, all I wanted to do was go to the police academy. And a guy named Dave Stam said, hey, man, go to college. So I applied to college, got rejected because yep. I had a 16 on my ACT. Terrible. <laughs> Took it twice and I still got a 16. Yeah. And uh, I could only get into the community college, which I did. I yeah. met a little lady. Her name is Avon Burns, a black female, about five foot five. Mm-hmm. She snapped too. And uh, she just like, you know, I'm going to make sure that you succeed. And, and uh, I was kind of an arrogant young kid, like many are. Anyhow, the next semester, 1993 winter, yeah. I, uh, I st- excuse me, 1991, uh, in the winter, I started an internship at her request like mm-hmm. you should go and intern at the sheriff's office long story short i did my internship and that may they had a seasonal marine division yep. that uh, i applied for and i got the job on the interview i might add that i was sicker than a dog had the flu but he asked me this question doug minor the senior deputy he's like hey at the end of your career what would you want to have accomplished and i said i'm gonna be the sheriff yeah at 18 wow yeah i saw the guy the day i was appointed sheriff December 23rd, wow. 2019. Saw him at a Walmart. Haven't seen him since. Yeah. I saw him there. Doug Miner, 57, got a canine. Yeah. He was like, I just told my wife, you told me at 18 you'd be the sheriff. And I said, he did it. Yeah. Anyhow. Re- really quick though. Yeah. For, how can, You just said you had a low SAT score. ACT. They, ACT. Yeah. But you just threw out all of these dates that you, you recall by memory. And that's a gift, by the way. So the only other person I've ever known to know how to do that is like my dad. My wow. dad when I was little. Um, even when I met him again, and we'll get into that when I yeah. share my story, but the way that he like knows dates specifically, wow. he's the type that I would imagine people can't lie to him because right. he's like, no, I know exactly what exactly. you're doing on exactly this day. So you seem to have yeah. that, which could be scary for you being a, an officer that the fact that you can recollect all of these dates. And you know, it's funny too, because I don't re- I don't forget like memories of important stuff, like yeah. exact moments. But yeah. so how come that didn't translate over I to school? I didn't care about school. <laughs> I had a 1.9 grade point average. Yeah, yeah seriously. I think I, 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 I should have done school and graduated at 15. Okay. And so when I graduated at 17, I was just like, two years, I didn't want it. So as I developed and that link up into the sheriff's office, I've never left. I, I mean, I can literally look back at my career, and now I have a master's from University of Michigan. Wow, I've congrats. been there for 27 and a half years full time. I went through every rank, including now I'm the sheriff of Genesee County. Yeah. 
And uh, I look back at my career, and man, I've met I met the last four sitting presidents. I've traveled around the world. Wow. I wrote two books. The county, I met my wife at the county in this building. She used to work. Yeah. Uh, my boys know. I mean, I just look, everything good for my life has come from the sheriff's office. Wow. Including you. Yeah. <laughs> Including <laughs> you. May 30th, we had these huge protests, and that's another whole episode we're going to talk about. But yeah. it was the walk with us, they said, and I said, let's walk. Yep. Which is the hashtag that that, that we're pushing, just like free hugs. Mm-hmm. It took action. Like free hugs, you yep. can't just talk about it. You got to literally hug a brother. Yeah, live it. And so what happened on that day, May 30th, it just went crazy. And it just, um, it's something I've been pre-planning for for decades. Yeah. Speaking across the nation and, and doing all this stuff. Little did I know that I was being prepared for that exact that moment. moment. And that moment led to a lot of connections. Yeah. And I found that connections are more powerful and more, uh, more have more value than any money you can name. Absolutely. And that connection, and I'm not saying it, saying it just because of the show, that connection led me to you. Yeah. And I saw how within an hour of you and I meeting, yeah. we're like, that's it. This is the guy. And uh, I have a wife, married 26 years. Two boys, 21 and 19, yep. and um, they're like-minded. I've taken them on mission trips around the world. So we're always into an adventure. So this podcast right here, the adventure that I'm on and what I want to do yeah. is I want to talk about things that people don't talk about when it comes to law enforcement. Absolutely. And I want to talk about a, a field that can can still be a glorious and very rewarding field in light of all that's happening because we have people that do things like we've seen so far mm-hmm. that shed a negative light on law enforcement. And so that's my job. Yeah. And the job that I have mirrored with the job that you have is going to talk about things that people want to know. And I think it's going to bring healing to a nation that I know for a fact desires healing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. That's that's my short story. I feel, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like you have so much more yeah. in there. And I, I think we'll we'll get into all of that. For on, sure. On this episode. So why are you here, man? Okay, Tell the world so, who you right. are. So for me... Um, I'm, I'm known as the free hugs guy. Uh, I started this thing. A lot of people think that it started in response to riots and, and protests. And that's actually not where it began. Uh, I was uh, back in uh, 2012, I started an event called the Hollywood Half Marathon, where oh, I would yeah. shut down Hollywood Boulevard to raise funds and awareness for homeless teens, because I grew up in and out of homeless shelters in Los Angeles after my parents separated. So my dad got arrested maybe around the time I was eight. And And so um, during that time, my mom took all five kids in our family. I'm the oldest boy of five kids. And my mom, uh, she, you know, moved us to South Central Los Angeles. Sometimes we were in our own house. Sometimes we fell on hard times and we're in these homeless shelters. So fast forward through my life. By the time I got older, I started creating these events to help kids that grew up in similar circumstances as I did. And then... 2013, a day after my race, after the Hollywood Half Marathon, I'm watching the uh, the Boston Marathon and bombs went off at mm. the finish line of their race. And um, so I took about a year of trying to figure out, okay, how do I um, make sure that I'm standing in support and solidarity with the people in Boston that this tragedy happened to? Because I was like, if they would have chosen to bomb a race on the West Coast just a day earlier, it easily could have been my race wow. in Hollywood so Boulevard. It, it really wow. did. Especially the fact that I've been a runner my whole life. And yeah. so when you attack a sport that I love, it felt very personal. And so all did I Did you know anybody of, running the Boston? I did, yeah. I, I knew a number of runners there, but I also knew the organizers as well. Oh, wow. So I'm texting like Dave McGilvery and all of these people like, is this? And, but of course, you can't get through to them because... Mm-hmm it really happened. There was really bombs that uh, um, blew up at the finish yeah. line there. 
And so, um, so as I'm trying to reach people out there, I couldn't get through to anyone. And I was like, you know, I'm going to try and run in the Boston Marathon because I didn't want runners to be intimidated that these sort of things can just continue to happen at these running races. Yeah, you can't so be scared I, of it. Exactly. So yeah. I said, let's all go to the Boston Marathon in the biggest numbers possible. So now we're possible. 2014. 2014, yep. So uh, along the way, as I'm training to try to get to the Boston Marathon, I'm a miler, so I had run a four flat mile. I was hoping y'all to, get that. Yeah, that's four a, minutes flat, flat. for <laughs> exactly. a mile. For a mile, um, but that doesn't translate over well to a marathon. Right, right. Twenty six point right two miles. Like I'm done at a mile. That's it. I'm stepping off the track. So to go twenty six point two miles is tough for me. So I wasn't able to qualify for Boston. After trying uh, a number of times, I ended up running a 305, like point eleven or something that's like that. That's good, dude. It's decent, but dude, it wasn't. That's good. Thank a you. A 305 marathon? Yeah, but not enough to, to even See, qualify. that's why people listening right now hate you, because they're like, 305, that's a good marathon, all right? <laughs> right? Say, you know what? That is a pretty good marathon, but go ahead. <laughs> for for many people, that would be good. For someone who grew up in the sport, right. I'm like, oh, I wish I could have done better. You know? Okay, I hear you. Um, and so this 305 didn't get me in, so I said, you know, maybe I'm supposed to be there for a different reason. And I printed free hugs on a t-shirt and I said, I'm going to go out there and I'm, I'm going to be an example of what love looks like. Oh, nice. Let's just see how do we get more and more people to uh, embrace, mm -hmm. right? And so you can imagine bringing that up to my wife. Oh, I'm going to go out to the Boston Marathon and yeah. just hug a bunch and of people. And you live in California at the time. At the time, yeah. She's like, you're going to take money. Were you working somewhere? Fly. <laughs> well, I was a race organizer. Oh, that's it. So that was it. That was all I was doing that's for work. That's big money in that. <laughs> no, it's, you it's told really me. not. I know it's it. really not. You make no. a million, how much do you spend? You spend a million. See, <laughs> like, that's you right. Literally, like you're just, you have this little bit that you get to earn as a profit, but by the time you pay your road closure fees, um, city fees, just think about how much long enforcement we had at oh, intersections yeah. and freeway on and off ramps um that was a very expensive budget organizing this race but so I, I pulled it off i flew out there um that video ends up going viral from people coming wow. in to get these hugs and the campaign just kind of took off how many people there. were wearing that shirt only me wow no i've never even seen it on a shirt before okay. i had printed it on okay. a shirt to fly out there and so uh when i did that that was like the beginning of the movement and i didn't think much of it because i was leaving boston i uploaded it to youtube and facebook by the time i landed it's buzzfeed huffington post um it, the list goes on and on right. la times new york times boston globe everyone's talking about this feel-good moment that happened at the Boston Marathon. And you know what that's like. You just had a viral video moment like that where it's like, then you go on this crazy press run, right? right? And it's like, what is happening? My world is just all over the place. Um, so fast forward from that, I get called from an agent who said, um, well, not, actually, not even yet. By then, I started going to riots and protests because I felt like that same love that I showed mm -hmm. on the front lines at the Boston Marathon, maybe I can start going out to other Were you events. just like locally going to different protests or were you like going out of state too? Um, I was going like, out of state. What was your state. first riot you went to? The first riot that I went to... Um, Oh, it was all, it was small stuff. Okay. It wasn't, it wasn't big. Right. Okay. So I actually, I watched the, uh, the Mike Brown Ferguson okay. uh, riots from home, like itching, wanting to be there. Right? right. Because shortly after I had created the free hugs project, um, back in 2014, shortly after we saw the Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman, um, uh, uh the verdict had come out mm -hmm. on that. And so the whole country was up in arms about that happening. I remember being at the Disneyland half marathon 
that weekend doing my hug thing. <clears throat> and on my social media, days leading up to that, I had noticed how people who were in support of my video and the work that I was doing um, were saying a lot of really negative things about Trayvon Martin saying, well, he probably deserved that and all. And like that was really breaking my heart because I was like, I easily could have been that kid, right? Just like walking to the corner store to go get some Skittles. Skittles are my candy, by the way. Wow. So I easily could have been going to go get some Skittles coming back and be stalked by someone like George Zimmerman. Mm -hmm. So that really hurt me to see people who were in support of my work saying such terrible mm. things about Trayvon Martin. So you had to break that mentality. I needed to have a stance on yeah. it. I needed to say, no, this is not okay. And so I had put out a video saying, you know, so many of you guys who share my videos and love the work that, that I've done, yeah. um, it breaks my heart to see you talking about this young man like this. And so that was like the beginning of my role in activism because I, I needed people to see um, young black men in a different light yeah. to rather than automatically saying, well, maybe he deserved it. Maybe he did something. And it was like people weren't seeing the humanity first in black boys and they were just rushing to judgment. Yeah. Well, was he a criminal? What did he do? And I'm like, why do we do that when it's when it's a black boy? And so I knew that this message of love coming from a young black man, that that needed to be portrayed as much as possible. So I started going to these riots and protests and, and events. And um, there were a number of them that just caused my work to continually be in the light and in the media. Uh, eventually, an agent reached out to me. I started traveling around speaking at schools. So that was now how I began to fund my work. Mm -hmm. um, because social media, by the way, Facebook, YouTube, all of those things, um, people think that I make money from there. Right, and right. I don't because yeah. the, the nature of the content that I produce, there's gunshots going off. Yeah. There's flashbangs. There's all sorts of violent mm -hmm. things happening. So social media channels demonetize those types of videos. So it's funny because people are like, oh, Ken's obviously rich from how many people have watched his videos. Right. I don't make a dime from that. Um, and so... Just in going around and, and sharing my story and being on the front lines, that led me to Luke hitting me up and telling me that he was working Luke's on our producer of the show with Christina. Absolutely. Right You're sitting right over That's here. <laughs> exactly. So and far so, so good. We doing good? Yeah, right, good. awesome. Three thumbs up. Yes. I don't know who the other guy is, but we got a thumbs up. <laughs> right. So, um, so he hits me up and he tells me that um, he's working on a documentary and, you know, Sometimes the way I am with calls, I'm just like, sure, I'll Trust do it. Trust me, I know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll You're glance the worst at it really quick. Ever. <laughs> I just glance at it. Dude, are you and alive? It's either a yes, no, or I just don't reply. That's <laughs> so, true. So I, um, I probably ignored a number of his messages, and then eventually um, I, I reached out and uh, or he called, and I was like, sure, I'll do it. And so I flew out. He told but you me didn't know what you were getting into. I didn't know who I was meeting or what was going on. And he's like, you're going to be meeting with Sheriff Chris Swanson, right? So I was like, okay, cool. Didn't even think anything of it. But so rewind, before he said that, I had seen your video. And I was sharing it on, on my social media. I was sharing it with friends and talking to people like, this guy gets it, right? And I'm like, I want to meet this guy at some point. I don't know when it's going to happen. And the video that I'm talking about for people that are listening, I'm sure we could probably play the clip on the YouTube version. Um, it was, and I'll let you, because you'll tell the story better of what happened there. But I had seen your Less Walk video. And I was just like, he gets it. And I have to meet this guy. And so when Luke hits me up, tells me that I'm meeting with 
Sheriff Chris Swanson. I was like, oh, cool. Okay. So I get your text, right? And your text was super animated. You're like, kid, what's up, brother? I do a lot of exclamation points. <laughs> exactly. A lot of exclamation points. <laughs> We're rolling out the red carpet when you get here. And I'm like, who is this guy? This guy's energy is crazy, right? So I, I Googled your name. And then I was like, oh, no way. This is the guy that I wanted to meet from like weeks ago. Uh, and all of this was in reference to the George Floyd protests right. that were happening right. across the country and the stance that you had taken on that. And so when I realized that that was you, I like I could not wait because I was in the airport when I had uh, checked who you were. And I was like, I can't wait till this plane lands. I got to meet this guy. Right. So um, I get here. I meet Luke. And then we head over to your station. And the moment that you walked out of your office, <laughs> so which is he walks out, he's rocking his um, his his uh, uh, slacks and like it wasn't like your typical like cop uniform, right? It's like almost like a detective, the way you would view a yeah. detective, right? right? And so he comes out and he's sharply dressed, and his energy <laughs> is through the roof. And I'm like, this is definitely the guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, right from there. We started talking and I was really digging your energy because I like I'm not nearly as energetic as you are. I'm usually the more mellowed out speak yeah. from the heart type of speaker. And I was like, I got to match this guy's <laughs> intensity. And so we talked for a little bit. Um, we left from there. You right. assigned Dion, right, to, uh, yeah. to drive us around yeah. town uh-huh. uh, just to kind of see what this whole area was like. And I was digging everything. And then we sat down and we met. And when we had that sit down interview, and I'm sure they'll be able to play some snippets from yeah. that first interview, the whole time I'm thinking, I have to do a show with him. Not an episode, mm-hmm. like it has to be a thing. Because more than the fact that I, I was saying, this guy gets it when I saw the video. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I sat there, there's very few people that I meet that I look up to immediately Dang. to where I was like, you know what this, I see this person as a role model mm-hmm. in my life, you know, and especially as someone who didn't grow up with a father, you know, mm-hmm. my dad was absent from my life from eight, met him again when I was like 19, a uh, freshman in college. Uh, when I did meet him. Is he Jamaican? That, no, uh, Nigerian. Nigerian. That's where our family okay. is from. Yep. So how do you say your last name? Wadi K. The N is silent. Wadi K. Wadi K. Yeah. So if you pronounce it phonetically, it would sound like Wa, like W A, and then just the letter D, and then K A Y is how oh, yeah. it would sound. Wadi K. Yeah. It's a lot better phonetically than looking at it because I'm like, the, the N would throw you off. <laughs> yeah. Wadi K. The N would definitely right throw you off. So I always tell people, omit the N, and it's just Wadi K. It's really simple. Right. Um, but your mom is Nigerian, also. What? Yeah, yeah. So they're from rival tribes. So like one is Igbo, one is Yoruba. They're um, both born in Nigeria. Bo- both born in Nigeria. And where were you born? Uh, in San Diego in right. 81. That's right. why like I'm, I talk very Californian as people. Right, okay. Say. But not Nigerian. Uh, I can not say Nigerian, that. no. That's right. <laughs> no. Um, but people say that I, I really um, pronounce or enunciate my, my words. Mm-hmm. And I think that just that's probably the west coast in right. me you know even west coast gangsters if you listen to them west coast rappers they enunciate their words really well <laughs> i don't know why that is that's crazy really yeah. um but then also growing up in nigerian culture there were certain things that like our parents can be very strict so my mom was like super super strict um you just threw me off man I don't no you were talking about I, I just spun out because you were talking about your mom and dad and yep. i said about that but you were just about to get to the run that i crushed you on 
Oh, okay. That's right. it. We did the meeting. That whole thing was going on. I'm like, hey, what are you doing now? I'm like, I'm going for a run. You know you? what, though? And you're like, I'm a 405 miler. Okay. I'm like, all right, let's go. All right, so then, so then <gasps> I'll talk about that. Ah, he wasn't that bad, but it was funny. And we had the world's worst pizza. So, go ahead. So part of when I, when I was referring to immediately um, looking up to you and saying, you know what, I, I like this guy, um, it, that was part of it. The fact that you had mentioned that you were going on a run and I had talked about how I was a runner, and you had called me out. Like, you were like, well, then let's go. And I was like, wait, what's he mean? And you like, do you have shorts? And I was like, is he really challenging me to a run right now? And usually when people do, I whoop them. But I haven't run in a while because of all this COVID stuff. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to take him up on this. Are we short on time? Oh, no, okay. we're 30 minutes. All right, cool. I thought that was the five left. going up already. I know. I was like, Seriously. Fast? Taylor, right. would you write normal? I was like, then we're going into a part two then of the of the meetup, how this We're doing good, man. This all is right. the intro uh, episode number one about who we are, what, how we got here, and then at and the where end, we're going. what we're going from here. So Absolutely. Go ahead. So, so as I'm sitting there and we're having this first interview, and I'm like, man, I, I really look up to this dude. I admire him. And... And I'm rarely that way. Usually mm. when I meet people, I feel like some of the work that, that I've done, I feel like they're looking at me like, wow, there's things that I can learn from, yeah. from me. Right, right, right. And right. so this was one of those times where I'm like, wow, this is actually someone who I can learn That's from cool, and, and look up to. And so when you hit me with the running thing, and running has been like my thing That's my crazy. Whole I didn't life. even know this. Yeah, like that's my wow. thing. That's It took me out of homelessness. It got me a scholarship to college. Dang. Ran professionally with the Nike farm team where I was hoping uh, to get to the Olympics. So running was my thing. So when you threw that out there. <laughs> that's awesome. Like, I'm not letting somebody challenge me to a run. And so, But I haven't trained in like six months. Oh, I know. Because of this whole COVID thing and all of that. Um, and I've got five kids, you know. And so when you're already not sleeping, right. I have twin two-year-olds right now Dang. as part of the, the five. And so I was like, you know what? I don't back down from a race. That's I never great. I love have, that. So let's go. And so we run over to a nearby like Target or Walmart or something. I grabbed some shorts. The shoes, it. So I usually wear my shoes loose. Like yeah. I don't even touch. Yeah. I had to lace them up. <laughs> I was like, let's do this. And we hit the streets. And I was getting whooped out there. <laughs> well, uh, actually, even before we got out there. So when you talk about Chris's energy, so he left <laughs> for a little bit. He comes rolling up in his truck. And jumps out with this other guy that had crazy energy. Wyatt. And they, Wyatt. And they jump out. With, at it. I had never even seen Wyatt before. And he's like, yo, what up? Who wants Gatorade? And I'm like, Why are you guys so energetic right now? And he's like holding these Gatorades and super animated. And I was like, I'm about to get served in this race right now. And so we go for the run. And um, Wyatt stuck with me for a little bit. I could tell you. And you're FaceTiming Sabrina on the run, too. You're like, you yeah, won't believe like, this. You won't You'll believe lose. this. I'm running with the guy right now. Right? <laughs> and so, um, and so yeah, so you said what's up. And, and we go on this run. And I was just like, I'm really getting beat by him right now. <laughs> <laughs> like and I'm struggling to keep. Now running. I'm not gonna say there's a slight age difference here, but I did put it to you. Throughout the age, okay. So I'm I'll be 30, what 39, and a lot of people don't suspect. Like especially when I don't have yeah. my beard, right? Oh, when no. I'm right there, That's people right. don't assume that I'm Man, almost you look like 40. Baby face, <laughs> right? So so I think I'm I'm either gonna be 38 or 39. You know, you start to forget your age when you get up there. I'm either turning. That's why he doesn't answer text messages. Because I forget. That's right. <laughs> no. I don't forget dates. All right, that's what it is. All right, so your age then. How old, do you know how old I am? I guess you might be in your mid-40s. Yeah. Yeah? 
I'm old? 47. I'll be 48 47. in October. Yeah. Okay, cool. I thought it was younger, actually. I thought it was 46. Yeah, good, but I, I act 12. I could see that that's sometimes. <laughs> but that's energy, a whole nother life. Your life energy life. is 14. You, exactly. You always are what you say you are. Totally. You know, I have this card on my on my uh, my dresser I read every morning, and it's about ask, seek, and knock. Yeah. You are what you say. You are what you think. Definitely. So that's why I always think young. But go ahead, man. So so we're about 10 years apart then. Yep. I heard you say yep. you graduated 90. Yep. I graduated 99. There you go. So, okay, cool. All right. So then, yeah. So I, for people watching, I'm sure yep. they'll suspect that over yeah. the time of us recording. Right. Like, What's their age difference? Right. Because sometimes go. they're going to say Chris X younger than Ken. That's right. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> right. So, um, so, yeah, so the age difference is there, and and I'm getting beat in this run. You did good, dude. For a 38-year-old <laughs> man, I guess, right? But, it, like, the hills, I don't do well yeah, with big hill. the uphills. Yeah. And, like, you chose this course where the entire thing was going up. It was a big incline. And I was like, he did this on purpose to break me. I had already had that run planned that day. Like, right. I planned my workouts in advance. I okay. know I know exactly what I'm doing tomorrow morning. Like I know I'm going to be doing hot yoga in the morning at 6:30 in the morning. Do you do that? Heck yeah. Hot yoga degrees. Yeah, infrared heat. Absolutely, <laughs> man. At hot works. Don't ever ask me to join you to do that. It's a beast, man. <laughs> you I'm telling you, anybody who thinks they're in shape, do a 45-minute yoga, yoga session, smoke you. Yeah. My point is I always like plan out my 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 training whether it's a heavy day or a run day or a sprint day or whatever it is. As yeah. an Ironman, I've learned how to do that. You know, you got to you got to portion out. But that day, I literally just threw that out there like, hey, let's go for a run. I mean, you held up. You did good. Yeah. In Denton Hill, that is no joke, man. Yeah. And it is. It's a huge incline and then down and then right back up. Yeah. By the way, on this run too, I've never run with someone where um, as we're running, there's just random people driving by in a car. <laughs> Yo, Sheriff. Hey, Swanson. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? He's got campaign signs like throughout the neighborhoods. I'm like, who am I running with? This is crazy. <laughs> and so it funny. just seemed like everybody out here knew you. And, and that's why it was important for me to, when I had thrown out the idea of like at the end of our first meetup, I was like, yeah. Hey, do you have a, um, you have a podcast and I feel like you had just kind of brushed it over initially. You know, yep. you were like, yeah, but it, 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 it didn't seem like a solid answer. And so I was There's like, a reason well, for that. Yeah, I'm sure there was. And I'd yeah. love for you to explain it, but, but I didn't want to press it. Right. right. So I was just like, you know, what's meant to be right. will be. And, and that's how I am about life. Right. Yes. Like I don't try and force anything. I don't press mm -hmm. anything. So I was like, whatever his take is on that, I respect it. And I left it alone. But then the next day when, um, I was like, well, or you were telling me about what you were going to do tomorrow. Yep. By the way, so even before the next day happened, the fact that you welcomed me into your home on the first day that we had even hung out, I was like, I like this guy. Because yep. if, if you were in San Diego, I'd be the same way. Right? Yep. Like, welcome into my world. Come check out my office, my family, my kids. Right. You know, they would be, um, at least the twins, uh, my kids would be a little hesitant at, at first, but right. then probably an hour later, they're climbing on you and, yep. and asking you cop stories, yeah. right? And so my family um, were very welcoming of people. If dad says they're cool, they're cool, right? right? And so um, I felt that same way yep. because you had some of your family members and yep. friends that were all hanging out by the pool when I got there to yep. your house. And I was like, man, I feel very comfortable here. And so that next day when I was asking what you were up to and you had all these services that you were going to be preaching. Actually, before that even happened, um, we oh, went to gosh. a protest the we next did? day. Yeah. yeah, a rally. And um, you couldn't go to it for certain right. reasons. You told me to go. 
But then you were messaging me from the protest um, where I was because we were going to get something to eat. That's right. And I was like, well, I'm hanging out with these activists from Black Lives Matter. Right on. And then um, I tried to text you because you wanted me to go to, it was either lunch or dinner with you. Dinner. But they wanted me to go to lunch. lunch. And so I had gone to lunch with them and I was like, oh, we'll be able to quickly um, take off from here and then rush over there, right? And so um, I'm having lunch with them. Christina, also our show producer, is we're, we're hanging out with them and I'm like, hey, Chris is texting me. I don't really know what to do because I don't want to rush out on right. these guys. And so we're sitting there trying to figure out, well, how do we address this? And so I had asked them, or I told them where I was going and then they invited themselves. Yes, they did. And I was like, oh shoot, I don't even know if this is okay yet. So I'm like, mayday, mayday, trying to text you. Like, hey, is this cool? And the text didn't reach in time. By the time I pull up and you're having dinner there with, with your wife yep. and you had invited um, Christina and I and we, yep. we show up and these guys just start rolling in right behind us. And I was I felt so bad because it's just not customary or appropriate yeah. to just invite other people to a dinner you were invited to. Right. right. But you right away you yell over to the kitchen bring out more food I, I did like, too what is up with this guy <laughs> most people would have been like I'm here with my wife you bring these activists in for dinner uh-huh. and instead you just like bring out more food and I was like man just all around I just felt like this is really cool and so that and, ended up, and that night ended up going to what time like we got kicked oh, out of the restaurant yes. around 9 o'clock mm-hmm. and how long were we in the parking lot we probably lot? stayed another hour or two in the parking that's lot that's right talking about heavy Everything. stuff right stuff and we're gonna talk about on the show exactly and and you and your wife never made anyone feel like you were pressed for time mm-hmm. and and I, I love that you know because when when you're in that moment, sometimes is just being um, very present mm-hmm. and intentional. And I felt like we all were in that moment. That's and, right. and I had to stop and say, you know, this is very historic, what we're seeing right now. It's monumental. The fact that you've got Black Lives Matter activists, like literally the leaders of Black Lives Matter Flint and the sheriff, black and white, completely different backgrounds. And we were vibing and just laughing together and having a good time. And I was like, I wish the rest of the world can see this. That was exactly what I said. Even in that moment, I was like, I wish the world can experience what we're experiencing right now because it can create a lot of healing. And and that was just so powerful. And I think that's what brought us to uh, the next day when you said that you were going to be... Um, uh, preaching numerous services. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to catch one of those because I was so f- fascinated by your energy. And I'm like, I want to see this guy in church, like where right. his energy goes. And sure enough, the moment that you took the stage in the church, you come out and you're like, Swanson's here. I was like, Who? They're laughing, but it's true. He comes out, speaks of himself in third person. <laughs> I was like, what is up with this guy? Can't go to boring church. Right? And so then I brought it up again. At the end of service, I said, hey, just think about the podcast, Black and Blue. And I just threw out the name. And it seemed like the moment that you heard that, that changed things, right? Let me tell you, and for the sake of time, because we're going to pick this up on our next episode, there's one person in my life that's my barometer, and that's my wife. And when she gave you the check mark, I like this guy. I like what he stands for. That's all all I needed to hear because I've done... Uh, a number of adventures without her blessing yeah. because she's got good wisdom. She's a Proverbs 31 woman. Yeah. Look that up. Yeah. 
when she said, I like what's happening. And when she heard black and blue, she's like, that's it. That right there is going to be able to mesh two platforms that, that the Lord has put out just like he did with you. You, you could not have planned a hug at a marathon. Right. You could not have planned uh, the bombings. You could not have planned your first pro. You couldn't have planned that. You could have planned all this that you're meeting with me. Same thing that happened in my life. So you bring those things together. And when we get to where we are right now, we're going to be able to talk to different crowds that people want to talk to, but yeah. they don't know how. And so that whole journey, it's funny because those little things that you put out, uh, those are all little, it's like we were slow dancing. Yep. And then as soon as you said black and white, it's like, boom, we're yeah. done. This yeah. is it. This is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And I was mentioning off uh, camera with uh, Christina. I said, you know, I read a, a quote by Aristotle and said, if you want no criticism, say nothing, do nothing, mm -hmm. and be nothing. Like, I think you and I and people watching right now and listening, that we all have a mission. We all have a circle of influence. And there's other Kens and Chris's out there. But if you don't use that for positive, if you don't use that to unify, then you're wasting your you life. Waste a gift. Yeah. And you just happen to be black. I just happen to be white guy in law enforcement. Yeah. And this is our platform. Absolutely. And so as we close this show, and we'll talk more about our background because I want to hear about your parents and some other things. What's the one thing you want to accomplish? Let's just say, because I believe it, this show is 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 going to the top. Absolutely. There's no other show on the planet that talks about what we talk about with the two perspectives that we talk about. Yeah. What is it you want to accomplish with your voice? Yeah, um, I think especially through this podcast, I hope that it will create some healing uh, where this divide exists, where we'll be able to talk about things in a very sensible and respectful way that people can listen to it or watch it and say, you know, I never even thought That's about right. it like that, you know? And I think that is my, my ultimate goal is to just, um, really create healing. You know, yeah. I, I think that's, that's the best thing because giving hope to people. I, I love that. I, I think that, um, hope becomes the next step after the healing because there's so much damage mm -hmm. between both of our communities. Mm -hmm. And so it's like when we can heal, whatever that is mm -hmm. and all of what that is because as two individuals it, that exists that friendship that bond it exists there but most of the country can't say that i know you know uh, so much of the the damage has been done and mm -hmm. so now we have to be at a point where before we can even talk about um the hope that we're we're hoping for it to mm -hmm. give both sides have to even be able to respect each other to listen to one another yeah. first you know and so i think there's a lot of healing that's going to happen first but i think your energy takes it to a whole nother level even beyond the healing i think that's where the hope yeah. and a lot of these next steps come from well i'm going to tell you that my mission is to match that you know what what happened with free hugs is you gave hope to people that were hopeless absolutely and what happened on the the march and my whole life you know whether it's mission fields or just taking care of people it's to restore hope but yeah. my my mission on this show is to restore trust. Yeah, that's huge. Trust between a broken relationship and those people that are on both sides could be white, could be black, it could be rich, could be poor, it doesn't matter because we just represent two people, yeah. but the, the narrative is across the country. It's around the world. I saw that when I saw how much response I got from people and 99% of it was white folks. Yeah. They're tired People are tired, black people, rich people, people are tired of conflict. Mm -hmm. They're tired of the divide. They want they want hope. Yeah. And when when people like you and I get called to order, like this is our mission now. Yeah, yeah. We've been called to the big leagues. And we come up with a show that was God breathed in a church. Yeah. 
it's going to restore hope that's to people. True. That's where, where that's right. like it came to life it's for you. Where that's right. like the first time I dropped the that's name right. was in that right. church service. And that's all it service. took. Yeah. I wow. knew that. I'm like, that's perfect. Yeah. So listen, man, I just want to tell you from my perspective, we're going to speak truth. We're going to be, we're going to be um, compassionate, empathetic, sympathetic if it happened to us. But I want you to just share this message. I want you to share it with people that need to hear this because I know when I talk about things that are hard to talk about, you may not want to talk about it. You can say, hey, listen to Ken, listen to Chris, listen to Chris and Ken together. And that's what's going to bring the healing, man. Definitely. Definitely. So until our next episode. Yes. Black and blue, we'll be back at you, baby. <laughs> I love it.